Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host and I am fired up this morning about who I have on as a guest. Um, this woman is an online business strategist. She's a rock star. You guys are about to about to see that. So without any more from me, I want to welcome Crystal O'Connor to the show. Crystal, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, Ken. I'm excited to have you. Like you're you're a rock star. And you know, when when you have five thousand friends on Facebook, it's tough to know everybody, right? So I didn't know a whole lot about you until recently and I'm like, wow, this woman knows her stuff. So um, you know, I I'm I'm very grateful to have you on. So Crystal, let's start with, you know, this show is about I developed this show, created the show, um, because you know, I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic of 16 years sober, and I know so many people that, that get stuck in life. I've been stuck in life, and, and, and you hit that wall, and you don't know how to get through it or around it or over it or under it. And, and so, you know, I thought, I need to do something to give back to the world because I've been very blessed in life. So, um, that's what this is about is, is empowering other people through other people's stories. And, and I know you have one. I have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know you do. So, so let's start with talking about, um, you know, where, where you were born and raised. Let's start there. Oh my God. Okay. You know that no one's asked me that, but you can. And I saw that on your list of questions and I thought it was pretty cute. It's like, okay, I got to go back in time here. I am from Decatur, Illinois. Decatur. Very blue collar industrialized city, uh, Decatur, Illinois, which is near Champaign and about two hours south of Chicago. Okay. Okay. So did you travel into Chicago ever or? Gosh, yeah. Yeah, we would go to Chicago and, you know, the Windy City, we called it. Um, yeah, I, I like Des Moines. I live in Des Moines now yeah. and the difference is incredible. So would I ever move back to Illinois? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I spent, I told you I spent a month in Des Moines once and it felt like a year. I'm kidding. Um, well, anytime you're away from home and if it yeah. was in the middle of the winter and you don't know anybody, the people here are fantastic. Yes. I moved to Florida a few years back, stayed there for two years and my kids talked to me into us coming back. Oh, wow. I thought they would love it because I love beaches. But um, so I will, I'm one of those though that I love an adventure. Yeah, I, I've lived in about 10 cities in my life. Wow, that's awesome. So let's talk about growing up in in Decatur, Illinois. Um, let's not. Where, Go where, ahead. Okay, force me. Well, I, you know, look, um, again, it shapes us. It, it, it does. It absolutely does. And And so, you know, let's talk about how, you know, what it was like growing up in Decatur for you. Well, Ken, <laughs> okay, so I am sitting here like, okay, which story should I tell? And, and, and listen, I don't want you to do anything uncomfortable. I just... No, 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 no. If, if you see, no, it, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm just like picking and choosing. Okay, so I went to a Catholic school until eighth grade, and then I made a transition uh, from this okay. private, small private Catholic school. It's kind of a poor Catholic school. When I say poor, the people there were... Um, I think people have this notion or this idea that uh, 
if it's a private school, somehow it's elite or the people are different. And in, 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 it was sprinkled with a little bit of that, but mostly it's a blue collar town. So there was a lot of that. So I went to a very small Catholic school and, uh, and, and then went to um, public high school. That transition was uh, pretty major. Um, it was kind of maybe even shocking, but let's see. One of the most, I, I tend to want to tell the story a lot because she made an impression and I didn't even know it. And that was a nun, which was my fourth grade teacher. And then I actually had, I had other nuns in my family and they made, turns out they made probably the biggest impression on me um, that I've been able to apply to my business. And that is the act of repetition and discipline because I was not that I didn't have, I didn't have an ounce of that in me right. as a kid. I was not this academic, you know, I was more of the class clown. And if there was trouble going on in the school, I was somehow involved, like letting the dogs in from the outside just to watch, you know, the, the chaos. Yeah. Um, it, it, but, but this particular nun that I want to refer to is her name was Sister Mary Celine. She stood about five foot tall. She was 75 years old yeah. and teach and teaching these brats we were just brats to her <laughs> and, and and she and, and she just made this impression and i catch myself using some of what she taught me to not only teach what i teach online with online business but i realized just how important and the impression that she made and how important repetition is because let me just tell you this is what i believe okay i've come to believe this people struggle with success because it's boring <laughs> right when I started my business, I thought it was going to be exciting and I get to do whatever I want. No, not until you do the boring, mundane stuff. Yes. And until you, you almost have to do that to earn your freedom. Am I right? I mean, it, you've seen this as well. Yep. Yeah. I, I, it's not, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's just not um, glitz and glamour like everybody thinks. It's no, just. It never is. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's 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 crazy. So so you've you've um, got a dog walking behind you. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I love it. She wants to be the star of the show. Uh... She needs to go to the dog spa. Okay, so that I have that story. Then um, I also have a few other stories um, that helped shape me, and um, but maybe not so. It's kind of an ugly story. I uh, so this is what when I look back at Decatur, Illinois, I think of crime. And <laughs> crime, crime. Yeah. I feel like okay. So with the Me Too movement, movement and everything going on, I can't help but see a big difference between where I live now and uh, in this particular city and and where I came from and and this this shock of going from this small school, uh, private school to the public school, the biggest shock was I was being touched all the time. Yeah. Grabbed and touched in certain areas all the time. And it was something that I just had, just, you know, I, find I had to put up with. <clears throat> then um, I had a job when I was 16 that ended up working in a movie theater and had one particular, particular evening where, you know, there were teenagers or, there was a group of, I'll call them thugs, that were causing problems. And 
I ended up being handed the flashlight to go tell them that I was going to have to call the police because there were a couple of guys there that just didn't have the balls to do it. Right. So I went, I went and did it. Well, I didn't really think that much of it. Right. About three, hour, three hours later, I can't remember if they were escorted out or what happened, but they were waiting for me. And I had a girlfriend with me that, yeah, they were waiting for me in the parking lot. Oh, geez. So, yeah. So that was um, one of those nights that I think I, for years I didn't think of it, but it's come back. It's, it's like come back to me, maybe because I have teenagers. I have three teenagers. Yeah. And I just can't even imagine this happening to them. And so I catch myself giving my kids tips on how to defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and what to do in certain situations. And, and But, yeah, I got myself out of that situation. There were about 10 to 12 of them, mostly males. Wow. And they were pissed. And they yeah. were pissed. And so it was like a revenge thing. Wow. So it started with, I was just walking, and then the, these voices were behind us. We're in a dark parking lot, or dimly lit parking lot. We're just going to our car. I had my hair back in a ponytail, and I just remember the first, they took my ponytail and just pulled me to the ground. Uh, so geez. I'm in shock, and I'm looking up, and I'm, I, I stood up. I stood up, and you know that all I could think about was getting to the car and have, and, and hoping that I can keep them from hurting her, my friends. My, my, my attention was on her. Right. And I kept instructing her because she just was more of a, I'm more outgoing. Right. Probably why they gave me the flashlight. Right, right. And she's not. And so she started begging. And I said, no, stop begging. And that was just a natural thing for me. I didn't say anything. We kept walking. And then I was getting hit. So Jeez. I was, being, I was being attacked. Oh, my God. I say God. that with a smile now. It was not, I was not smiling then. Yeah. And so that's what I mean when I say crime. I, when I, in Des Moines, I don't feel like I ever have to worry about going to the grocery store in the middle of the night. Right, right, the right. indicator, you, you didn't do that. And so I have that experience. Yeah. I, so by the way, I had scratches, bloody nose, blood everywhere. It's funny how you can just hit your nose in the wrong way and blood goes everywhere. Yeah. Right? So it looked probably worse than it was. But I will say that... Um, It was an experience that I want no one to ever have. Right. That's for sure. And so we ended up not only getting into the car, but we drugged one of them. He didn't want to let go of me. And so I thought, you're coming with me then. And I, <laughs> nice. we were, he's in my face. And I remember, I won't tell you, using expletives yeah. is powerful. I think that um, it, I think my reaction, I'm not saying that I fought him, fought him, but my reaction was different than maybe what they expected. Yeah. Like I didn't let them get to me type of thing. Right. And uh, I think that may have helped. But then what really helped was a truck pulling in and yelling to get their attention. And these guys come out, these other teenagers come out with ball bats, yelling at them to get their attention. And that like kind of a, like broke the, yeah. the pressure. And Holy so but we crap. Did, yeah, we drugged this character. And he finally let go. And I, to this day, I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know, like, if, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, really, it, do you care? <laughs> like, no. I'd be like, I, I hope he was hurt, jerk. Yeah. Well, he, he kind of deserved it. <clears throat> yeah, but, I agree. 
attacking but, uh, a, a girl. I have two daughters and, and like a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. And if anything like that ever happened, God save those kids because it would be on like Donkey Kong. But that, let's, was, that was kind of my dad's attitude. That's kind of my dad's attitude. Let's let's talk about like so so you were in you went to school in Decatur. You went to high school. Did you graduate from high school there? I did. Okay. And then immediately, like literally, had my bags packed and left. Did you go to college after the ceremony? So uh, moved to Des Moines shortly after. Um, there was a space why, in time. Why that, Des Moines? You keep talking about Des Moines. What in the world? At eighteen years old, made you want to go to Des Moines? Well, what else? A boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> what Got else? It. Right. And he, he went on to Chicago, and I was like, oh, hell no. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. So, but he was only here for two years, and he um, he had a bright future, and he's, he screwed that up. And that's, that's for another story. Yeah. That's what... Um, that's what smoking pot can do to you. Right. And I tell my son that and my kids that all the time. Yeah. Um, it, it will slow you down and it will change your, the course of, I don't care how smart you are. I you agree. You make a choice and you're going down. I so, totally agree with you. And they've made it legal in so many states. It's insane. But anyway, um, so so you went you went to Des Moines. You followed a boy to Des Moines. And, um, and then he went on and I stayed here and... I, I did go to school. So I went to a uh, major in education. I, I was working at an insurance company at a very young age. I was not even 20 years old, I don't think. It's called American Mutual Life. So Des Moines is the insurance capital of the world, I think, still. Maybe not, but it's right up there with them. And yeah. you say I keep talking about Des Moines. I, I, it's not that I want to um, – I'm, I'm not trying to get people to move here or anything. Right, right. But it's, it's like a, it, it feels safe. And it probably does have a lot to do with my background, you know, um, and that that experience and a couple of other experiences that I had fr from Illinois. But getting back to uh, Des Moines, um, worked for an insurance company and was bored out of my mind and thought, I love kids. I'm going to go. to. I, I, I didn't even start college until I was 22, 23. So. Uh, major in education and that's what I thought I wanted to do and I wanted to get my master's I had this this idea I'd get my master's and I wanted to be a counselor for kids yeah and uh, and but you know what I ended up being when I started teaching in the classroom I was approached by a guy that says to me and by the way I I worked all through college in sales right so full time I always worked full-time and then in school full-time so uh, I was approached by a guy that said hey I like your style I want you to come work for me. Would you consider it? He had a publishing company and he took me out to dinner one night and he said, he said the magic words. <laughs> he said, sometimes you'll have a $20,000 a month. Sometimes you'll have it. And I said, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I said, what do you mean? And you know, I had been in sales, but there's always a ceiling. There's just, oh, there was always a ceiling there. And even though I would always uh, break through, uh, sales, uh, I, I would always break up to the, break to the next level. I love hitting goals and I would let that motivate me. And I learned that about myself. Yeah. Um, I would, that's why I won all the contests, the sales contests. It gave me something to strive for. And I think that that's important. Everybody needs that. You got to figure out what it is that motivates you and pushes you to the next level. And so he came and, and uh, he took me out to dinner. And the next thing I know, I'm on a plane the next morning, went to Washington and I ended up working for a publishing company to, uh, that taught teachers 
how to teach in the classrooms. Wow. So then I was giving teaching workshops and I was actually helping them implement. So I was a salesperson, but also I was teaching them how to teach. But so I would go to school districts and uh, three, a three state region. There was a lot of, of um, commuting, a lot of commuting, a lot of flying. And uh, I was teaching teachers how to teach reading programs for one and then software programs to have used that more effectively and efficiently in the classroom to bring up the kids' test scores. I'm a huge reader. I love to read. And so I will say that I think that that was part of it because I, and I could take books into the classroom and, and, and because I love to read, I'm a voracious reader. That's one thing that I always did as a kid. I might've gotten in trouble a lot, but I was always the bookworm too. So, so, but like, so you, were you flying around the country like doing this or I mean, yes. were you? Yes. Okay. And so I was selling to school districts, big, um, I was making bigger sales basically. Right. I was, I was selling to entire districts. And, and so let's, do... let's back up a minute though. Let's, let's, whoops. Are you there? Yep. I'm here. Okay. Um, Sorry. so back up just a minute. Did you graduate from college? Of course. Okay. Yes. So okay. I went to Upper Iowa University that okay. is, happens to be here. Yeah. Okay. So, so here you are now in a sales job. You have a degree in education and you're in a sales job. Um, primarily because the dude's like, you can have some, you can make some good money here. Yeah. And yeah. that, that piqued my interest because I saw that as uh, opportunity to uh, expand in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. Because mm -hmm. if you, if you look at what a teacher makes the first year, it's about 30,000. Yeah. All states vary, but it's all about the same. And it is pennies. It yeah. is sad. And yeah. so what he basically did is what I'm teaching now, how to do. What he basically did when he said that is he made me think of, wait, I can take my annual income and make it in a month. Tell me how. Yep. How do you do that? So uh, I did that, but then um, I did that for two years. Yes, traveled a lot. I actually loved it. I was very passionate about it. And then had three kids in a span of two years and stayed home with them for a few years. And then when they were uh, at the point where they were, you know, starting preschool and school, I went back to work back in sales again, because I didn't see being a teacher, even, you know, leaving my kids to go teach other kids only to give my paycheck to the daycares. To right. Right. That, that so doesn't make sense. I didn't really see it as an option. So I went and worked for um, a TV station and I sold, I, I, what, one of my favorite things to do is not just selling TV and advertising and marketing, but actually teaching marketing. Yeah. So I, so that gave me a very, um, gosh, I love to write commercials. That was like one of my favorite things to do. I would write a commercial. I'd see someone that was doing an ad campaign and then I would rewrite it. Right. I'd take the idea. So it's one thing that I learned to do is that you don't just go in and try to sell them something. You go in with an idea. Right. And you get really excited about the idea and they can't help but buy from you. That's yeah. what I know. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a very good friend. He's actually been on this show. Um, that was the number one TV ad salesperson in the entire state of Louisiana for 10 years in a row. And hey, that is a, that's a good ad schlep. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, yeah, he was, but you know, he's no longer in it. He actually owns a, a marketing firm down there, but, um, you know, because it's changed, like, no, who, like, Hey, you want to know how to burn $10,000 real quick and get nothing <laughs> out of it? Advertise on TV. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to be nice and not 
But you're right, because here's the thing. So I went from that to uh, commercial real estate. So while I was selling commercial real estate, this transition, because I, I, I wanted the more flexibility because after my divorce, so I divorced, um, it's been what, 12 years ago or so. Um, my kids were, were still little and in school. And I was noticing that they kept changing my commission structure. Yeah. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to go sell real estate, got my real estate license and sold commercial. But as this was happening, I sold residential and commercial, but mostly commercial. That's where the experience was live, was laying. And, and I, um, that all happened when I went to a Robert Kiyosaki, and I can't think of that other guy's name. He paired up with, I went to a real estate. Tom Hopkins? Seminar. No, it was not Tom. It was, it's another real estate guru, and he's been in it for years. And, and I heard Bradley interview him one day. It's like, I, didn't, I haven't heard that name forever. But I went to a real estate seminar, and I spent $500 for a weekend, which was a lot as a single mom. Yeah. Okay? And I thought, no, I, I knew I needed to make a change. I was like, I was like, I got to bust out of this. This whole rat race made sense to me. Right. So I, I spent $500 and they taught me at that seminar how to come up with $22,000. And here I was in the rat race and they taught me how to do that. And nice. so I bought, I spent $22,000 and it was the best decision that I'd ever made. And when I saw that, I remember thinking, because I told someone that I, I just spent $22,000 on this real estate seminar. And, and someone says, just don't tell anybody that you did that. Like it was dumb. Like that, that was her mentality. <clears throat> wow. Don't go around telling people that you did that because I guess in her mind, she thought that she saw that as gullible. But yet, but what, that yet, yet people are programmed to believe they could go spend hundreds of thousands on a college degree, which they will never use in real life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So here's what happened in the few days of the 22,000. And then I, 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 spent what two days with a mentor and then there were other classes that I traveled around the country going to and what really changed me was not just teaching me real estate and I did flip some houses but what changed me was watching what was going on in that room yeah and the money that had just been made myself so there was a room of about 500 people and there were about 30 of us that spent 22,000 all I had to do was the math and go okay this is what I want <laughs> yeah because I love to teach right. I love to teach and I knew marketing and I knew sales. So when I, uh, getting back to what you just mentioned about, you know, ad campaigns and what the money that's spent on TV. Right. Okay, it can work. However, so what I saw while selling commercial real estate and then going to this, this um, being educated through Robert Kiyosaki's, you know, real estate program, I just started thinking differently. I started thinking income streams. I started seeing and I realized I needed to brand myself. And then I saw Facebook and I was like, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is like, this is like free advertising. Exactly. Yeah. It's free. Like um, I could get all this exposure. So I immediately went into video. Now, Facebook lives were not, were not there yet. Right. And, and I am, I, even though I'm a people person and, and people think I'm an extrovert, I'm, it, it took a lot for me to get on video. It really right. did. I get that. So I made myself do it and got really comfortable. And I, what I did was I just talked to the camera like I was talking to a friend or, you know. And so I broke myself out of that shyness and started doing videos. And you know that everyone that started started with a $6,000 product one-on-one, -on -one, okay, put up a website, put up a few websites. I was taken advantage of by some guy took five grand from me and 
like disappeared, took my domain name and everything. So oh my I, went, God. I went through the learning process of that. But uh, I started with a $6,000 product and that's what I teach now. You've got to start, you know, really think about the price of your program, come up with a signature program, be known for that, and then do all the other things. And I think people get so scattered. Right. They don't know. They can't pick. They can't decide. And I think it comes from this is why I wrote this book, Unleash Your Moxie, because they can't decide because they feel like they're going to make some kind of wrong move. Like, and that's their, and, and if I hold, make a wrong. Hold your book up again. You you did it too quick. I want everybody to see it. And it's, yeah, hold it a little closer if you would. So there you go. Unleash, Unleash your, moxie. your Moxie. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so I called it a girl's guide to becoming fiercely bold, incredibly happy, and practically superhuman. Love okay. that. Why do I call it that? Because I know that taking action is really hard for people. Taking bold action is super hard for people. When I spent that 22000 most people would be, for lack of better words, shitting their pants. Let's right. just be honest. Can I say that on your show? Hey, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the time, I had a student loan that was that much. Right. Right? Yeah. But I knew I had to do something. It's kind of like you get to a point, you're, most people, they have to get to a point where they're so uncomfortable where they're at Yeah. that they, it's kind of like I have nothing to lose. I've got this debt. I've got three. I've got to do something. And um, I was convinced by sitting in that group that I wasn't making a mistake. And they were right. I wasn't making a mistake. And I also, so I learned not just about income streams and that way of thinking, but I also learned that you could teach a group of people and make a lot more money and make a lot more impact, like impact people's lives the way they did mine. mine. Right, right. So finally found a web gal. I still know her to this day that um, from 10 years ago, and she's been helping me put up websites for myself and others. But the thing is, it's not about the website anymore. I don't believe it is. And, and I say that a lot. It's about the opt-in page and lead generation yeah. and, and getting people getting, you gotta be known for something. Like, what is it? I've been known for Moxie, like taking action for a while now. And I yeah. really didn't, I didn't, you know, maybe I got bored with it. Sure. But I just, I know, and I chose the Moxie and, and you know, what that means for me is you, there's something inside all of us and we're keeping it bottled up because we care too much what people think. Right. And I, I saw I it. Agree. I saw it in myself, and I had to go. I had to ask myself, "What do I have to lose?" Right. I mean, I have. I, I have. I. I. You know, <clears throat> I've talked to a lot of people that, and and you know, I do some coaching, and and I. I. You know, I'll put a different spin on it because I've developed websites for twenty four years. So, you know, I've. I've. I think that having a solid website is important but it's got to have like people it's people do research on people right and that's where they start is they look there but you're right you have to have strong strong opt-in capabilities and every i, I totally agree with that but what? but i i will say that you know the fear that you're talking about of what other people are going to think I, i've i've coached so many people that have unbelievable talent i mean amazing talent but they're afraid to go knock on doors or they're afraid to pick up the phone and make cold calls or they're afraid to reach out to this person or that person or 
you know, I had this, this, I, I just, I'm sitting here while we're talking, I'm getting emails and text messages from a huge celebrity, huge. He's, he, I taught, he hired me yesterday and, and, and it's like, I would not be getting these calls had it not been for the actions I've taken in the past with making the cold calls with the, with everything else. And this guy was referred to me. And I mean, he's been on the Steve Harvey show a couple of times. He's like, this dude's a, a, the real deal. Right. And, and so it's that letting go of that fear. And I want to talk about that because, you know, I, I want to, I know that you do coaching and you teach people, you know, exactly what we're talking about. What is one of the things that when, when you see somebody that's stuck in the fear, that's stuck in the muck, right? They're like buried in it. They don't know what to do. You know, they're talented because I believe most of us are right. It's very rare that you run into somebody that's just a complete moron. <laughs> that's bad. Most people have the skill set there yeah. already. Right. And, and, but they're just not using, they're not it. packaging it. Right. Putting it out there. So what, what's the first step you tell somebody to take to, to get moving, to get unstuck, to make those calls, to do knock on the doors, whatever it takes. What's the first step you tell somebody to take? I tell them to go to moxiechallenge.com and sign up and take my five-day challenge because we got to work on your brain. And so what we do in that five, or what they do in that, because it's automated, what they do in that five, I'll send them email or an email each day with a task, and it is miraculous because uh, we all have. A tendency, not all of us, but most of us, we all have a tendency to get scattered in our thoughts and be doing the wrong things. Yeah. You've got to get focused. And so to make it easy for people, I have them go to moxiechallenge.com and then they sign up and I tell them to do one thing every day. And it is miraculous because it's a series of steps and that's what people want and need. Okay. Yep. So the, the first step is to remember I talked about the nun. Okay. Yep. Sister yep. Celine and how the writing Okay, and the repetition, and that's how she taught me math. Okay, we got to get back to the basics with what's going on in your brain and get you focused on what you want. What do you want? Right. And people, when when you ask me what they want, they don't really know sometimes, or or they don't want to answer you because they feel like that it can't happen. So instead of just writing down what they want, they're actually judging what they want. And they're thinking about others judging what they want yeah. or they think it's not possible or it's like, shut that all down. Stop doing that. Okay. So it's the overthinking, which I, I know this very well. Yeah. Okay. So, so I have them do a series of three things over five days, actually more, it, a few more things, but there's three main things. They're going to do some writing. Okay. Which yeah. it, there is an art to it. There is, um, it's, it's science-based. It's not woo-woo. Okay? Right. Right. It's very, it's very much like prayer. Okay. Right. Uh, so, so, and then they're going to be repetitive. What's so going to do writing. And then they're going to actually take time to, I'm, I'm not, here's the thing about meditation. People talk about meditation. They think I struggle with it, man. I really struggle with it. So I have to set my timer. And so I, <laughs> I, I write it down and then I visualize it. And then I say it out loud because there's something auditorily that, um, is auditorily a word? I don't think it is. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> not. We can make it a word. A, there's an auditory piece to it. The handwriting, there's something to that. So you're you're gonna you're gonna force yourself really 
yeah. uh, to, to focus, hone in on what you want. And then what will happen is you'll actually start taking action. Right. So instead of overthinking, how do I do this? What's wrong with me? Oh, my God, is it because of my past life experiences? <laughs> I've heard people talk about their past life experience. Is it because I'm a Gemini? Or, you know, like, right. I see a lot of women doing this. Okay. And I, I love astrology, by the way. But just stop with that whole, okay. I, I've heard of like, past life wounds. I've heard all these reasons and excuses, but let's just get down to basics and just force your brain. Cause I totally believe hundred percent. You can actually uh, attract what you want. I yep. believe in a lot of attraction, but you got to take action. And if you're not taking action, there's something going on inside right. of you. Right. So you can go to therapists and waste a lot of money doing that, or you can just, and you might have to face doing that at some point, but it doesn't mean you can't make money right now. So to make money right now and start taking actions, and get over this, whatever's going on inside of you, is to actually do some writing. And that's what the Moxie Challenge is all about. It's so, about getting down to basics and, and focusing on what's going on in your brain and doing these very easy, simple things that will actually cause you to do things you've never done before. And it is that simple. I believe it. I, 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 I love it. And I, I agree. I, you know, I, I've meditated every single morning of my life for the last 15 plus years. And um, <clears throat> I don't need a timer, <laughs> but but I I've I've you know again that at the beginning though I I was like worried about oh my god I'm not doing it right there's no right or wrong way to meditate just we judge it we judge everything don't we we judge everything we judge ourselves and and and, yeah. and there's this this Buddhist monk her name is um, Pema Chodron. And she's amazing. And, and so I was watching a YouTube. This was a long time ago. I watched a video of her talking about it. She's like, the, look, the, the, the tiger, is, which is your, she refers to as your mind, your unconscious, is, is going to run when you're meditating. It's going to run. And all you do is just watch it. Just sit back and observe and watch it run. And eventually it's going to come all the way back to where it started and it'll be fine. And I remember that. I'll never forget that. Like, Because, you know, I truly believe that there's this unlimited power inside the mind and that, that is connected to your spirit <clears throat> that will attract anything and everything that you want and need and ever would desire in life. So... Um, I, I find meditation personally to be very, very powerful and, and writing is one of the very first things I would say to anybody like, dude, start writing down some affirmations, like positive affirmations about you and I am, and, and a, a friend of mine was explaining that, uh, who's a, a freaking mega, mega coach. And, and he's like, he, he's kind of mentoring me on some things and, and he's like, dude, you need to write down 60 positive yes. I am affirmations. And I'm like, 60? Dude, yeah, I can come up with like 22 and a half. <laughs> like 60 is a lot. And if you don't think so, try it. I challenge you to try it. So it, it reveals how someone feels about themselves. If they can't get to 50 things they like about themselves or 50 things. Yeah. That, yeah. Positive things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because women will actually, cause it's part of the five day challenge too. Yeah. And, and women will confess to me that when they, not all of them want to share, it's personal. I don't make them share it with me when they work with me, but a lot of it is, um, has to do with looks. 
Yeah. They have, so a lot of women are conditioned to think that they need to look a certain way in order to make things happen. Right. Or it, so it's, it, so their, their worth, their self-worth is kind of wrapped up in their looks. Right. Um, right. You, I say, if you've got a problem with that, then, you know, I don't get the lighting right. Yeah. Go put yeah. hair extensions in, go you know, put some makeup, on, you figure it out and get right. over that. I mean, I, I have I good? have hair extensions in right now. I noticed that, Ken. You're going to have some <laughs> of the brand. So so let's you know I guess and we're we're getting close to the end and I apologize but I am going to have to we have to wrap this up fairly soon because I have I have to leave literally like I have That's an appointment fine. but but the the you know what do you think the biggest thing is that. Um, keeps people stuck what's the biggest thing well they don't take action okay but they also need they need to be around you've got to get around people that are taking action and you will become that so like through osmosis you will actually start taking action so don't just sit there in isolation and think about it and ruminate okay so get around uh, a support group or a group of people that are doing things that you would like to do right okay quick staying in the muck around people that are also in the muck and complaining about your muck. Okay, that's one of the things. And then, um, like, for instance, my program, High Ticket Mastery, um, we're doing the same thing. So we're striving for the same thing in that group. If you went to HighTicketMastery.com, you could read a little bit more about it. But that is um, a place that uh, that is very similar to – it's an example yeah. of what I'm – yeah, you, you've got to be around the people that are doing the things and you will be shocked at what you'll be able to do because you're around other people doing it. And, and then you'll realize that you'll 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 realize that you had it in you the whole time. And well, <laughs> and, and to your point, like, look at your house. I mean, it's beautiful. And and I'm sure that there was a time. I mean, I, I have a beautiful home as well, but there was a time where I thought you know, living in a trailer was probably going to be, you know, or, or whatever. Like I, there was a time when I, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like there was this yes. time when I had this I mindset that was yes. like, uh, there was this ceiling and, and I didn't even know the ceiling was, was there. Whoops. I just put the camera on me. Um, but the, you know, I didn't realize the, the ceiling was even there. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know what? At my lowest point, I was 18 and I didn't really share this, but it's another thing that reminds me of Decatur, Illinois. I lived in my car. I was homeless at 18 wow. for, for several, several weeks. And there were times where I just felt so low. And I don't know how I, I think back to that. See, it was just like this big, shameful thing that I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Uh, but now I realize and I share a little bit about it, you know, in, in the book, Unleash Your Moxie. But the things that I had to do to pull myself out of that were the very same things that I've done. You know, just the specifics are different, but it, it's all about mindset. And I had nothing to lose. And that's how I got myself out of it by taking actions. I even used there was it was not the age of cell phone. And I even used a pay phone um, to get a, a sales manager job at age 18 because I was faking it. I mean, when I say faking it, I knew I could do the job or I got myself to believe I could do the job. But I'll I literally didn't have a dress to wear to the interview. I went to a friend's house and borrowed it. Right. I, I stayed by that payphone until they called me back. I was hustling. I was right. hustling. So I learned how to hustle. And I learned how to not be so ashamed. Okay, you stay in that, in that place of shame, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but there's a way out of anything, and that's what I learned. So, yes, I love my home, and I, I do have this. I 
have a thing for beautiful homes. And I will say this, if I hadn't started my own business, I wouldn't be able to live in a home like this. That's my son, if you can see him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Christian, it's... could you like move away from the camera? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's all good. So, um, so you and and I so I totally I, I completely can relate to all of that. I've been homeless four times. Um, you know, again, I'm a recovered alcoholic with 16 years sober. So, you know, before that, man, life was was a whirlwind. But I love I love what you said about um, that that you know people get stuck in basically fear, like they're 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 afraid of taking that action. And, and I know we can both, I, I, everybody can relate to that. Like everyone, right? So, so if somebody came to you right now and I ask this question of all my guests, if somebody came to you right now and they said, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I'm, my electric is getting shut off tomorrow. My car was repossessed last week. My um, landlord hates me, thinks I'm evil, and is probably <laughs> going to evict me soon. Um, all of those things, um, you know, like life's falling apart, and I don't know what to do. What are you going to say to that person at that moment to help get them past that mindset and over the hump, to break okay, through so that wall? It depends on if they have something to sell or not. They don't have anything to sell. We have so many tools now that we can come up with something to sell. Yep. Okay. And I love a challenge like that. Um, sometimes people can get addicted to the drama yep. of that. Yeah. Okay. And paying right up to the last point. Women have, I heard this the other day and I was like, that's just like selling. Uh, women have, have a way of being addicted to the drama as, is he going to call me back after the day? We do. We get wrapped up in that. And we might not even realize that we are stuck in that place. And we're actually creating that over and over because we might like it a little bit more than we want to admit it. Right. Um, because our subconscious mind is doing it. But uh, so we've got to be planting seeds at all times so that this never happens. Right. right. You've got to build a list of leads. You, you, when you build a list of leads and you have something to sell, you're never going to be in that situation again, unless you want to be. Right. I mean, okay. But if somebody is at that point where they're panicked and all this, okay, there is a way out. But the more you stay in that place and think there's no way out, um, you're you're basically convincing yourself. So I would actually like tell them to stop the thinking and then do literally a 10 to 20 minute of mantras. Yeah, I know that that sounds silly, but you got to snap yourself out of it. You've got some grooves in your mind and your brain right. that are convinced that this is who you are—the person that pays the bills late, the person that can't get ahead. You you actually believe it. So we got to change the got to change the belief by changing the thoughts, the thought pattern. So I would work on the thought pattern, and then almost everyone that I work on with that, not necessarily a life coach, but we work on that. And it's kind of fun because many people have, have never been introduced to what that, you know, doing that and then writing things down as if, and once they snap out of it, they go, I feel better. Yeah. And they realize, they realize they'll get a phone call. Something miraculous will happen within hours and money, money will come to them. Okay. Yep. But you've got to be, so I think what I'm really saying is, we actually, if money is, is not coming to us, it's because we've got a block and we're not willing to receive it or do what's necessary to get it because we don't believe. One thing that I didn't get to, Ken, is that the first time, I'll be super quick on this. Okay. This is important. And I share this in the book too. The first time this was introduced to me, this whole concept of this miraculous things happening very yeah. quick when right. you, 
uh, I was sitting in church. Um, I'm not necessarily a religious person, but uh, yes, spiritual. And so there is something greater than us. Okay? Yeah, I and agree. We can connect with that. And I think that there's something in us that is uh, much greater than we think. Yeah. And so we're connected to this source. Okay. That could be called prayer. You call it whatever you want. But when you start writing, so I sat in, in the church and, and I noticed people coming into the church. It was a perpetual adoration chapel is what they called it. Yeah. And uh, so it would help ground me. So um, I signed up and I, I, it was like something that I had to do at Thursday at 4.30. So I actually started doing it. And within three weeks, well, actually within a couple of days, I noticed people coming in and writing in a notebook and leaving, writing in a notebook and leaving. And I'm like, what are they doing? I got curious. I'm nosy, I guess. And so I started looking through this notebook and started noticing people were writing down prayers and asking others to pray this prayer. And I thought, oh, how, how cool. So I thought, okay, I'm going to write something. And I literally started writing. And at the time, I wanted children. And we had tried. We'd been going to specialists and um, had been trying for five years and nothing. Wow. So, uh, so I was. I, I so I just started writing from my heart. I said, if there's a child I'm supposed to adopt, show me the baby. Wrote this out, and I thought, just like anybody that you know, I just shared something deeply personal. I don't know if I want to leave it here. So I tore the page out. And, uh, and I started reciting that and I folded up, put it in my purse. And I noticed that I said that every day I'd pull it out and I'd say it and something was happening. So something was happening in my brain where I was actually starting to expect it to happen. Right. So then I went and bought a baby blanket and I started believing it was going to happen. And it did. I literally within three weeks time of me doing this, uh, I got a phone call from a doctor that I knew had been going to, and he'd been referring me to specialists. He said, Crystal, I have a question for you. I had my big analog phone, you know, I was, yeah. I was on a sales call and he, and it kept cutting out. It was driving me nuts. And he says, I have a question. Have you ever thought about adoption? Cause see, I didn't say anything about adopting. Right. Not a soul. Wow. I even had a dream too. Within that three weeks period of time, I had a dream that I adopted. Right. So it was like, all of this was all from just writing it out. Yeah. And so got a call from this dog. He said, have you ever thought about adoption? I said, yes. Why would you ask me that? This is like crazy. And he says, because I just delivered a baby girl. Would you consider it? And I said, yeah, but, 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 but it's not the right time. I don't have the crib. Right, right. I'm going to have to talk my husband into it. Oh, my God, he's going to say no. Oh, my God. And he goes, no, that's all taken care of. Meet us at the hospital. I said, but, but I don't have on the right outfit. I, I got to go change. I got to go freshen up. I, all of these butts were going through my head, right? So here's what I'm going to tell people. And by the way, it all happened. It all went down. I even said, I don't have an attorney. And he says, the attorney is going to meet you there. We, we got it all figured out. Wow. So one of the things that, yeah. One of the things that we don't realize is that when we're writing, um, whatever this other power is, call it God, yeah. it's actually has been wanting to give you what you wanted the whole time. You were preventing it from happening with your thoughts in your mind and your brain. So got to the hospital. We adopted her. It took 10 days with the paperwork. Got her home. Three days later, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, wow. Holy yeah. moly. That all happened because I took the time to write and refocus on what I wanted Amen. instead of overthinking and trying to do it myself by going to these specialists and spending thousands of dollars and, and all, all that work. Yeah. And I really just needed to refocus. That's, that's an amazing story. And, and, you know, I've, um, I, I'm a huge proponent of the secret, the law of attraction. I'm huge. Like, I have vision boards, you know, I've, I, and, and again, I absolutely love that. That's what it's all about right there. It truly is. And once and people start understanding 
that everything Jack Canfield writes in the book, um, the success principles take 100% responsibility for every single outcome in your life because we attract most of it. It's hard, isn't it? But, and so, and so how do you do that? It's like, and I say, you just start doing a simple act of writing and it does something miraculous and then saying it out loud. And who cares if somebody hears you? I mean, just go in the backyard do whatever it takes to get yourself in that zone and, and then watch what happens within a three, even a two week, even if, even a couple of days, watch what happens. You will start taking actions. And so what I'll also have them do is write on the sheet of paper, the things that you want, the things that you need, no more than like five or 10 yeah. and force yourself to focus on that. Because believe it or not, if you've got a bill that needs to be paid, you're probably not really doing what you need to do with your brain to make that happen. Yep. And so um, the idea will come to you and then you will have the ambition and the moxie to actually step when you just focus. Yeah, I love it. Crystal, you are absolutely a rock star. You're amazing. Thank you. Uh, so are you, Ken. Uh, thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm very, very grateful that you took the time to come out and be or come on the show today. And and like how how can everybody follow you? Uh, go to uh, well, I'm on Moxie Entrepreneur on Facebook. Okay. Um, you can find me Moxie Entrepreneur on Instagram. And then you can go to moxiechallenge.com and sign up. You can buy my book, Unleash Your Moxie, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Okay. Barbara Corcoran wrote me an endorsement. I was very lucky to have her write me an endorsement for my first book. That's awesome. But, yeah. So um, you can go to moxieentrepreneur.com and check. And then I have a media company, Moxie. Um, I can okay, see. Okay. Nope. 